The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. It's man-to-man coverage. This is the PFT PM Podcast. And now, your host, Mike Florio. It's the January 29th edition of the PFT PM Podcast from the Mall of America in Bloomington, Minnesota, not all that far from the new U.S. Bank Stadium, site of Super Bowl 52. Mall of America is the location of Radio Row all week long, and we'll be here all week. PFT Live, we kind of have our own little standalone set away from the Radio Row area. It is plopped down in the middle of a food court. There are people everywhere. There is an unprecedented, at least in comparison to what I'm used to, at the Radio Row, a number of fans who are around, and that's great. It's great for them to be available to see what's happening, to interact with the people from the radio shows, the people from the TV shows. There will be players, Hall of Famers, current players as well, all week long, and we'll have plenty of them here on the PFTPM podcast. We've got Eric Kendricks, the Vikings linebacker, coming up momentarily. It's an interview that Chris Sims and I taped that will be used in part on PFT Live come Tuesday to hear the whole thing. Keep listening. It'll come up here in a few minutes. Vikings quarterback Case Keenum not be joining us this week, but one of the questions remains, what will be his future? Ask Eric Kendricks about the quarterback position, specifically Teddy Bridgewater. What Kendricks says about Bridgewater, I think was enlightening. You listen to it and you can decide on whether and to what extent it means that there are guys in that locker room who like to see Bridgewater be the quarterback of that team moving forward. Vikings owner Ziggy Wolf met with reporters today and He seems to be optimistic that the Vikings will be knocking on the door many times. Now, last year they started 5-0, finished 8-8, did not make the playoffs. This year, NFC Championship game. And they have a solid nucleus, but the Vikings need to address that quarterback position that I already mentioned. Is it going to be Teddy Bridgewater? Is it going to be Case Keenum? Is it going to be Sam Bradford? Is it going to be somebody else? They shouldn't try to put the eggs in a rookie's basket, although they need at some point a year-to-year franchise quarterback, a young guy that they can groom and develop. They thought it was going to be Teddy Bridgewater. Maybe it will still be Teddy Bridgewater. Again, listen to what Eric Kendricks has to say coming up, and you decide whether or not there's a belief that Bridgewater should be the quarterback of the Vikings moving forward. Darren Gant posted an item earlier today. We have the whole crew here. I think everyone except Curtis Crabtree is in Minneapolis. Curtis is our late-night part-timer. If the Seahawks were here, he would be here. And he's been to the Super Bowl before. This year, though, Darren Gant, Shereen Williams, MDS, and Josh Alper here. And Gant posted an item based upon a story in the New York Times that the Cleveland Indians will stop using their Chief Wahoo logo, the grinning Native American mascot. By 2019, in 2019, they'll stop using it. And that is relevant to the NFL because... It brings back into focus, even if for one news cycle and one news cycle only, the question of whether or not Washington is going to continue to use its name that many believe is offensive. And you know my position on this by now. I choose not to use it in deference to the Native Americans who are offended by it, and I know that some are. And you can shout me down, or at least try to, 
You can say it's not offensive. You can say people shouldn't be offended. You can say whatever you want. But the bottom line is there are Native Americans who are actually offended. They find the term offensive. It is a textbook, dictionary-defined slur, so I choose not to use it. And I understand that other people choose to use it. That's their business. There are other writers on PFT who use it. I don't tell them not to. I don't tell them to. I don't tell them. They decide whatever they want. It's the name of an NFL team. It's very easy to justify using it. And I'm not judging anybody who chooses not to use it. And I don't mean that in a passive-aggressive way. Like, I'm not judging you if you choose. No, I'm really not judging you if you choose to use it. I just choose not to use it. Please don't judge me for choosing not to use it. How's that for a bargain? I won't judge you if you choose to use it. Don't judge me if I choose not to use it. Either way, this story may create some discussion may cause, oh, I don't know, a tweet to emanate from 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. Who knows how it will all be out from here, but it definitely brings the, the discussion back into focus. And remember when the anthem situation was happening? It feels like a long time ago. The players who were choosing to kneel, they said, we're not trying to offend anyone. And the response was, well, but you are, whether you mean to or not. Well, I think that same reasoning applies to a certain extent, to this question of Native American mascots or team names that are deemed to be offensive. The Super Bowl, obviously, is coming up in six days. Patriots arriving Monday. Eagles have been here. There are only so many storylines to talk about. Tom Brady has his stitches out, if you haven't heard. Rob Gronkowski's in the concussion protocol, if you haven't heard. The Eagles run the run-pass option, if you haven't heard. I don't know where the stories are going to come from this week. Hopefully somebody will say something outlandish at opening night. Rob Gronkowski won't be there to do it. He's in the concussion protocol. An hour of exposure to reporters, probably not a good idea for somebody who's still in the protocol. So we will see and hear what anyone from the Patriots or the Eagles has to say tonight. But typically, there isn't anything earth-shattering that comes out of that experience I think it ends up just being a check-the-box, perfunctory exercise. It will be simulcast on both NFL Network and NBCSN tonight. But, look, I know they do it. There's a reason for it. It has a place. But I don't expect many uh, insightful nuggets to emerge from the opening night festivities. Also, Pro Bowl ratings on Sunday. You will see people say that the ratings went up 28%. Don't be misled by that. Last year, it was televised only on ESPN. This year, it's ESPN and ABC, a three-letter network simulcast, and it was only up at 28%. That's not a good sign. But there will be people who bang the drum that it's up 28% without explaining what and why the numbers are up. The numbers are up because it's not just ESPN. It's ESPN plus ABC. That's naturally going to pump up the numbers. All right. We, uh, we don't need to pump up our guest for today, Eric Kendricks. He's been one of the best linebackers in the NFL, even if others have not yet noticed it by putting him in the Pro Bowl. He's a master of the double A-gap blitz that the Vikings like to use. And here is the conversation Chris Sims and I had earlier today with the great Eric Kendricks. Welcome back. It's Pro Football Talk at the Super Bowl, Super Bowl 52 to be precise. And joining us now, a guy who started every game this year for the Vikings, all 16 regular season games and both playoff games. He's linebacker Eric Kendricks. Eric, welcome back. How are you, pal? Good. Pretty good. Pretty good? <laughs> all right. Yeah. Just Scale one right. to ten. A little salty, but uh, no, nah, um, feeling pretty blessed this week. But good. how do you take what happened this year and turn it into something positive for next season? I mean, you know, me personally right now, you know, I just feel like, you know, I know I know what kind of team we have, you know, I know uh I know uh we how hard we worked to get in that situation, you know, um, I know how good we are and it was just we got beat. So 
it's, 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 it's not only black and white at this point, you know. Um, all you can do is uh, think about it, let it burn a little bit, and uh, come back next week, next uh, next year, ready to work and, and try to try to get it again. You guys got talent on the team, and, mm -hmm. and you know you're going to be back in the mix yeah. of things. You know, when you look back at this and just the playoffs, especially, this is where I want to focus. Do you think the way that divisional round game ended affected maybe the NFC Championship at all and just the psyche of the team? I mean, I'm not going to make excuses at all. You know, um, they outplayed us that night. Uh, there's there, there's a lot of factors that that go that go into every game. You yeah. know, there's I mean this this the Super Bowl. You know, there's, it's crazy how it is during the week, and those guys still have to come up and, and play up and play. So uh, I'm not gonna make any excuses. You know, uh, we just didn't show up and we didn't play up to par. Right. I mean, it's 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 good experience. You know, I mean, yeah, that was my second playoff game. Um, I'm gonna take some some things from it for sure. How you feel after playing 18 games this year? Um, I mean, I feel like a you know a middle linebacker in the NFL, um, but. At the end of the day, you know, I can't complain at all. You know, a lot of guys, you know, this game is brutal to everybody. Um, but uh, I can't complain at all. You know, I'm feeling pretty good. All right. You, you weren't happy for your brother Michael in the immediate aftermath of the <laughs> NFC Championship game. Have you since changed your opinion? Yeah, you know, um, right when you asked me after the game, I'm not going to, I'm obviously not going to respond well. You know, I'm not happy for him at all. Um, but, you know, looking, you know, looking at the situation, looking out, you know, how we grew up, you know. At the end of the day, I'm on my brother's team, you know, before any other team. Um, but uh, just looking at how we grew up and um, things we went through, you know, how hard we worked, just just all types of stuff. And you know, to see him, you know, reach his goal in his life, it's it is pretty cool. It, it's hey, listen, it's cool yeah. that you're both awesome too. Yeah, yeah. Okay, and you're in the NFL. Uh, uh, you know, speaking of the Eagles, just in that and the whole match up there. You know, talk about just a little bit like the the dynamics of that offense and some of the you know the the pressure points they found within your defense with that RPO. How was that? How hard was that to defend? You know, what maybe would you do differently the next time around? And what kind of bind did it put you in? Um, yeah, you know, uh, yeah, I think they were running the ball pretty 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 well as well. Right. Um, I mean, when you got when you got a good run game and you know, so you, that forces you, you, you to get down there, complete a couple passes early. You know. Um, it just, it just, you know, you just on shows. We just made. We, I mean, honestly, it came down to third downs in that game. Yeah, especially early, and uh, they were they were completing third downs. I mean, that's what. Right. I listened to Coach Zimmer last week talking about the importance of self scouting after you put out 17 games of film, and I got the impression, Eric, that he thinks they found something in the film. Do you think they found something, some way to convert uh, those third downs? They were going to Zach Ertz a lot. They were making it happen, and it was very uncharacteristic of what the Vikings defense had done all year. Yeah, but at the same time, you know, um, there's certain situations in the game where, uh, I mean, you know, I mean, the, the offense knows what kind of defense we're going to be in, and right. defense know, defense knows the offense knows, and it's just about lining up and and, and winning. Uh, and uh, I feel like uh, that game we didn't win those battles. I mean, call it how you want. I mean, you could you could you could make excuses, you know, saying this and that, but at the end of the day, you know, I feel like I left some plays out there, you know, um, so I'm just going to take responsibility, I guess. Chris mentioned the RPO, the run pass option. Give us an idea of what you're trying to process when you're in that split second, because mm -hmm. all you have is a split second to make a decision. Yeah, is it a run? Is it a pass? Right. How does that actually, how does that affect you when you're trying to decide where you're going to go, toward the ball carrier or toward a receiver? Yeah, it's about, you know, you got to know the coverage. You, know, you can see a motion that kind of changes, kind of changes where everyone's alignment is a little bit. Um, Kind of changes the mentality, the leverage. You know, little little things like leverage and, and, and angles and stuff like that will maybe 
get someone an inside release on a route or things like that. And when you have a handoff towards that, you know, it could bring the backers up a little bit. You can just toss it overhead with an accurate throw, you know, and a, and a good and a playmaker on the other side. Um, was it a tough night for you? Like, were you stressed? You know, you're seeing guards pull one way, and you're going, okay, I, mean, I got to be worried about my gap in the run game. But yet he might throw this slant on the backside as soon as I shuffle to my right or left, whatever it may be. I mean, honestly, like, that, that, wasn't, that wasn't going through my head. I was just trying to win every play yeah. at that point. Um, I feel like, you know, like I said, I'm, trying to, I'm just trying to yeah. win the play. I, feel I, like, I don't feel like I, I was, like, at a disadvantage at, at all or anything like it that. Did, you didn't, yeah, it didn't, no, like, no, play I mean, with your mind too much. I didn't play with my mind at yeah. all. You know, I never felt like I was, like, out of, you know, didn't know what was going on or, right. you know, felt like I, I felt flustered. I never felt flustered the whole game. I mean, things were happening bad for us, but, you know, I tried to keep my head into it. And, um, you know, I feel like the, at the end of the day, you know, you guys saw it. They made, they made some incredible plays that game, and we didn't. What did you see from Nick Foles as compared to what you expected from Nick Foles? How different was he than what you thought he'd be going in? I mean, you know, uh, I played against him in college, and they, you know, he, he played well. That, that, so I, I know he's a good player, and I've obviously seen his career in, in the NFL, so I mean, you gotta respect him. Um, but he made some throws under pressure. He made some throws while he was getting hit. I mean, the man showed up to play that game, no doubt. I feel like he's the kind of guy where if he gets into a rhythm, it's hard to get him out of it, that the time to get him is early. Yeah, yeah, I mean, um, <laughs> I always want to get to, you know get a, get a quarterback early. I mean, that's uh, that's one of our motives on you know on defense is to you know to get, to get after people and uh, to cause pressure. Let, last question about the Eagles. I swear, and I'll change the subject. All right, cool. All right, cool. <laughs> yeah, <that's laughs> a, the the what what was it? Uh, what was the first thing? That, like I talk to people about the Eagles, and they go, "Oh, they're such a big football team." You know, was there anything when you saw them in person, just for the people out there watching, that you just said, "Oh, this is what makes them good or different from the rest of the teams in the league, and why they're in the Super Bowl?" Um. Uh, yeah. You know, I mean. I like the uh, I like some of their you know their looks on on offense you know uh, as far as uh, their line what their what their line was doing right. you know, I feel like they you know they were they were trying to play a little bit of games and they had a yeah they had a running back there who was who was able to see you know right. a couple of options but um it's unique I didn't like scheme. it obviously but I mean I, yeah they did some they did some uh, some unique some cool things and they have a you know they have a center that was able to run right and um when you have a center that could run like that you know. Puts pressure on the backers like myself. Yeah, who can run? You know, yeah, because so. he pulls out there. He's really yeah, athletic, yeah. Kelsey. So I mean, yeah. they did definitely did some cool things, but uh, I mean, like I said, I don't feel like we should, you know, should have showed up how we how we did, but right. we did. Right. You've had a couple of offensive coordinators during your time with the Vikings: Norv Turner and then Pat Sherman. Now he's gone. Feels like a fairly important hire, given that Mike Zimmer's a defensive guy. How closely are you paying attention to how that process plays out? I mean, uh, there's a lot of things you can't you, you can't control in this game, I, and I realized that pretty pretty early. Um, so I'm just gonna leave it at that. You know, I can't control anything but what I do. So, what are you hoping for by way of quarterback for next year? That's a that's a crazy situation. You know, um, I, I feel like that's one of the uh, biggest questions people ask me. Yeah. yeah. Like I said, like I mean, that's out of my pay grade, you know. <laughs> and um, all, all, all the ones, all the quarterbacks we got are, are, are great guys and and ballers. What have you seen from Teddy Bridgewater this year in practice? Because he's healthy, he was cleared to play. He played a little bit against the Bengals, but is he the guy that he was before the injury? I mean, that's a, I feel like that's a you know kind of a messed up question. But uh, at the end of the day, you know, uh, given that man's circumstance. And how he came in and was throwing dimes on us in practice, 
you know, it's pretty crazy. And I, and I, and I, and I so he's looking like he was. He, he <laughs> he's is getting. I mean, he's getting there. He's not there. When he, uh, when when I know what a route, when I know when a route's coming, and uh, and I'm and I'm practicing against him, and I and I and I feel like I'm in a perfect position to guard it. And Teddy puts a ball in the outside corner, bought low, and he completes it. You know, on me in practice, where I get frustrated, and I'm talking about the rest of the practice. Right. You know, I can say that man could definitely play still. Yeah. yeah Absolutely. All right. I, I want to ask you this: the the, the Pro Bowl. Your thoughts on it? Will you ever play in it? I mean, like if I was I you, know, there I mean, was no way I would ever go play in that game. <laughs> um, did you watch it for two seconds last night? And I didn't watch it. You know, um, after a season, middle linebacker, do you really want to go to the Pro Bowl and go? Oh, okay, let me go run around and tackle people one more time for nothing, really? Did you not watch the game? There's no tackling. Well, yeah, you're right. There is no <laughs> tackling. <laughs> I didn't watch it. You're right. There is no tackling. I mean, I got to get in it first in order to be to give that to get that. Uh, you know. Does that motivate like you? That. Individual goals? Do you? How much of, the, of your focus is to get awards for yourself versus team achievements? Oh no, I mean, uh, for sure, you know, you know, but I feel like your individual goals come out if you just do your job and you know, I mean, you never try to force things, you know. Always play the player that you want to be. I mean, you, that you you know you are, and play within the scheme, and and plays come to you. You know, I feel like if you just work hard, plays come to you for for sure. You don't got to try too hard. So um, obviously, you know. Team goals are important and things like that, but it's also important to have your own your own standard as well. Contract year coming up. How, how different will your mindset be this off season, the season coming up? Do you hope to get an extension before, or do you think you're going to have to go prove it to everyone during the season to set the table for what's to come in 2019? I, mean, I don't know. Um, you know, uh, yeah, it's crazy. My, I just finished my third year. You know, that's actually a, a topic of conversation now. Um, Hasn't, it hasn't, I've kind of been putting, everyone's been asking me about it. Everyone wants to talk about money. Everyone wants to talk about that. I kind of just put it to the side. Uh, but, yeah, you know, um, man, I love it here. So, I mean, I'm down. But, we already uh, got your contract with Indochino, so that <laughs> one's taken care of. Tell us what you have going yeah, on yeah. with them. Um, man, Indochino, you know, it's, a, it's a store. It's, it's, it's a Taylor Sue company in the mall, first first floor. I'm doing an appearance there actually 530, 5.30 on Thursday. But, um yeah, they get you. They get you right. They get you tailored up for the suits. And um, I even went in there and told them I like wearing sneakers with my stuff, and they they got me all hooked up with the pants and how the sneakers look with them. So, pretty so you're hype. look fresh. Pretty hype. Is yeah, what yeah, you're telling us. Hype. Okay. I see that more and more now. Am I that old? I, I can't imagine sneakers with suits. But I don't want to do it either. It. But every, everybody I mean, does it. You know, um, yeah, you're right. Yeah, it's the <laughs> Should we thing. wear sneakers with our suits on Sunday? I was thinking about it. All I right. brought a pair actually because I'll <laughs> be walking around. I might actually want to wear some sneakers. Uh, maybe I should go to uh, the the store there. Um, wait. All right. So one other thing I want to ask you about. Do you and Anthony Barr? I, I think you guys are the best duo and middle linebacker in football right now. In fact, I misspoke even saying you were in the Pro Bowl because I thought you were in the Pro Bowl because you're one of the best linebackers in the game. So. You and Barr, you guys take pride in being like one of the best duos. Man, hell yeah, yeah. Um, we definitely take pride. Um, you talk to your man down in Jacksonville been, every now oh, yeah, and then yeah, about, about being yeah. a better duo I mean, than Miles Jack. Man, it's all love, man. Me, you know, me and Miles go back. Uh, me and AB go back. You know, I remember just working out with AB uh, as like a freshman and sophomore in college. You know, we were still trying to get. You know, we were still trying to get the same grind, same mentality. So, you know, uh, it's pretty crazy that you know our, I feel like our coach in college would tell us, you know. You guys enjoy this time because you're never going to be able to play with each other. You know, you guys are going to go to different teams and right. things like that, which right. is, you know, true for the most part. But it is pretty crazy that, you know, we came from UCLA and we already kind of have that chemistry on the field. And, um, I mean, we just play we just play well together. I mean, I'm amazed by some of that. I mean, you guys had three teams with UCLA linebackers in the championship Sunday. Yeah, yeah, I mean, that's pretty impressive. So Jim Moore obviously knew how to recruit some guys down there. LBU. 
Yeah, <laughs> LVU. <laughs> Will you go to the uh, the Super Bowl on Sunday? I don't know. You know, I get that. I've been I've been getting asked that the second you know most question. It's um, gotta be weird, man. Is it, I mean, it, Patriots it, are gonna be in your locker room. It, I mean, that's that's besides the point. You know, it's just uh, I just rather play the game. You know, and, and I don't know how I'm gonna feel about watching it live. Like you know, but. Uh, I don't know. I never, I never anticipated the situation, so I'm just gonna Go play live. it by ear. I'm gonna play it by ear, you know, and uh, I'm gonna do what I want when the time's right. So yeah. you might see me there. Go ahead, go there. Put the 95 jersey on and go all out on I your, do your have brother. One too. I got a, I got the jersey now too. So. Yeah, you might as well. I mean, you never know if you'll be back or yeah, he'll yeah, be yeah, back. Yeah, so you. you enjoy it. And next year you get a chance to go down to the Falcon Stadium and spoil it for them yeah, and you play do the same thing. Play while they, they have to figure out whether they're gonna come watch you play. <laughs> so. All right, hey Eric, thanks uh, for your time. As always, we'll check out Indochino while we're here. Get Absolutely. a get a suit and get some sneakers to go along with it. Ooh. Congratulations on the great season. It was a great season. I mean, I know it didn't end the way you wanted to, but it was a special He's a season. Big Vikings fan here, and he was <laughs> hurt. Trust me, to the can core. You can I finish, please? <laughs> Fine, you can tell him all this stuff off the air, right, like you ahead. should anyway. <laughs> Thank you, and we'll talk to you again no soon. And we'll be back with more right after this. Thanks again to Eric Kendricks for a little bit of his time. Check out Indochino if you are in the Mall of America, or wherever else Indochino has its operations in the United States or beyond. One last point before I answer some questions, and I made a call for questions earlier, and your response did not disappoint. The Tom Brady reaction to a WEEI host referring to Brady's five-year-old daughter as a pissant, and I don't think he meant it in a negative way, but it came off in a negative way. And I think it was a dumb thing for him to say. Tom Brady has a relationship with WEEI. It was a gratuitous and not even funny line. It'd be different if there was anything remotely humorous or funny or entertaining about it. But, you know, I could at least try to use the comedian's privilege to defend whatever he said. But you shouldn't be talking about somebody's kid. The kids are not fair game. The players, the coaches are fair game. Sometimes adult family members are fair game if they inject themselves into discussion. There's, there's no business for the kids to be part of this or for anything to be said about the kids, especially in a mean-spirited way. So I can understand why he was upset. I would have been even more upset. His primary obligation is to provide for and protect his children. And I thought he was very measured in what he had to say on WEEI today. And I don't think anyone should blame him if he decides to end the relationship there. But, uh, you know, it it looks like WEEI is going to do everything they can to try to get back in his good graces, as they should. And uh, we'll, we'll see what happens with the employment of the host, and we'll see what Tom Brady ultimately chooses to do. I, I've said many times that these radio spots that, that quarterbacks, players, coaches do, weekly spots, they're obviously getting paid, but I, there's just too many occasions where they say something that creates a problem. Ben Roethlisberger on multiple occasions has said things that's created a problem. Is it really worth it? Is it worth whatever you're making to do these? And maybe the answer is... No. All right, let's answer some questions before we wrap up this Monday edition. Again, we'll do the PFTPM podcast every day this week. At Clem J wants to know, what did I have for lunch? Shake Shack or Chick-fil-A? Neither, neither. I passed on lunch today. There is a restaurant in the JW Marriott, Cedar and Stone. Excellent breakfast. Had that for breakfast, so more than enough to carry me through until the evening meal when I will once again gorge myself. Sergio D., in Australia, we use the metric system, so I'm confused by the plus-minus West Virginia betting odds. Are you able to explain these odds to me in a non-convoluted way? Thank you very much. You're listening very carefully to the show, and I appreciate that, Sergio. I never do understand the whole plus-minus thing. I, I don't know anything about gambling. I understand the odds. I understand point spreads. Beyond that, I don't know what the hell they're talking about, and I don't pay any attention to it. 
at Ibia Punk after Drew Brees' chemistry with Kyle Rudolph and Adam Thielen in the Pro Bowl, does that raise a real possibility of Drew Brees being in purple next year? No, it doesn't. As fascinated as I am by the possibility, Brees continues to say that he's going to stay with the Saints. Now, I still think he's testing the Saints. I think he wants to see what kind of offer they make him. And if they lowball him to a significant degree, maybe $10 million per year less than what another team would, would pay, then maybe, maybe he changes his plans. But if I'm the Vikings and I'm looking at making a major investment in a guy like Case Keenum, I'm paying the extra to get Drew Brees. Teddy Bridgewater is the most fascinating, especially if you listen to what Eric Kendricks had to say, about how he drops dimes in there and leaves the linebackers like Kendricks upset the rest of the day that that throw was made. The arm is there. The question is, will the leg hold up? Will the mobility hold up? But Teddy Bridgewater rounding back into form, and maybe Bridgewater the answer for the Vikings in 2018, and will definitely be a lot cheaper than Keenum or Breeze or Sam Bradford, especially because there's a real question as to whether or not Bridgewater truly is healthy. At Reverend Markworth, besides the actual game, what's your favorite part of the Super Bowl? I'll tell you what, my favorite part when NBC broadcasts it is being able to walk out on the field after the game with the confetti's in the air. It is a great feeling to be among all that, that joy, that exuberance, the euphoria of winning the Super Bowl. It's a great, great moment. And you can just hear the confetti shooting out of the cannons. It is a great time to be part of the NFL, to be on the field while that's happening. Even though I don't get a ring, even though I'm not part of the organization that won, it's great to be near that when it's happening. So that's easily, for me, favorite part of the Super Bowl. At Matt Natowski, what year will the NFL and XFL merger take place? Yeah, that's not happening. Look, I'm, I'm very interested in what the XFL has going on, but if I were a betting man, I would say the XFL is not going to make it off the ground, and if it does, it's not going to last very long. I'm rooting for it. I want more football. I want football to watch in February and March when there isn't football or many other sports that I care about. I just, until it happens, am going to choose to be skeptical because of all of the other football leagues that have failed over the last 45 years at Barton Lona I believe the Eagles have a real shot what are your thoughts look I, they have a shot right they're, they're going to actually show up and participate in the game and anything can happen I just I keep coming back to Bill Belichick and Tom Brady eight Super Bowls together half of a football season of playing and preparing to play in and coaching Super Bowls for the last 16 17 years that is an edge that I don't think the Eagles can overcome. And all things equal, you give Bill Belichick two weeks to break down Nick Foles. You give him two weeks to figure out how he's going to run his offense against the Jim Schwartz defense. And I think that, that the Patriots end up scoring at least one more point. And look, no Patriots. Super Bowl has been a blowout for New England. Three points, three points, four points, six points, four points, whatever the case may be. No more than six. And the only time it was six was when it went to overtime and they scored a touchdown. At Iowa Vikes fan, who did the Minnesota Miracle better, Paul Allen or Gordon Bombay's Mighty Ducks? Ask PA if you see him. Yeah, I don't. I don't remember. I don't remember Gordon Bombay's Mighty Ducks. I, I don't. I don't remember that. Minnesota. Oh, there's a, there's a picture. Minnesota Miracle. Ducks beat Hawks. It's in the background of I guess a still frame from a movie. But the only thing I know about Paul Allen is he didn't shave and he looks like Artie Lang. And, and he didn't know what that meant because he wasn't familiar with Artie Lang. Once he became familiar with Artie Lang, he was pissed at me. Because really, I mean, Paul, Paul is a little full in the face, but he's not quite Artie Lang. At King TSB, what should the Packers... What are the Packers' main things to look for in the draft now that the new coaching staff is in place? Look, 
that's down the road. You got to figure out what you're going to do in free agency. You adri- and, and will this new front office be aggressive in free agency? Your draft needs are shaped in part by who you add in free agency, who you lose in free agency. And I continue to be a proponent of doing the draft before free agency like the NBA does. Although NFL fans are very resistant to change. I think it would be fascinating if you do the draft and then you go forward with free agency. Some say that actually would hurt the free agents. I think it would help the free agents because then you have more leverage. Because if you didn't address the need, let's say the guy's a running back who's becoming a free agent. If you don't address the need in the draft, that gives the player more leverage when it's time to negotiate a new contract. At Terry Gensler 14, can you explain the Drew Brees cap situation specifically as it pertains to the $18 million cap hit? If he ends up elsewhere, is that money still on the Saints cap? Yes. It's $18 million in dead money for next year, whether he's on the team or not. That is $18 million that is gone off the top. Now, they can look at this two ways. They can say that $18 million is a tax against our salary cap no matter what we do by way of structuring a contract for Drew Brees in 2018 and beyond. Or they can say we're going to try to minimize the total salary cap hit for Drew Brees, $18 million plus whatever his cap number is this year. And I've suggested a $24 million signing bonus over four years with a $1 million salary. That would equate to $7 million in extra cap charges this year because you take 24, you divide by four, it's six per year in signing bonus cap charge. That plus the $1 million salary, that's roughly the minimum for a guy of his tenure. $7 million on top of the 18, that's 25. Then the question becomes, what is the compensation next year? Are there roster bonuses early in the offseason that force you to make a decision quickly on Drew Brees. Those are all things that would need to be considered later. But to manage 2018, you've got to deal with that $18 million, And there's nothing you can do with that $18 million. You can't spread that $18 million out. That $18 million hits the cap next year. All you can do is manage how much or how little is added to the $18 million. And, and they may just decide, look, we're considering this payment for past salary cap sins and we'll take the 18 million dollar hit and we're going to sign drew Brees just like he was any other free agent period and we're not going to try to make his cap number 25 million or 30 million or whatever it may be the only thing is to that to the extent that 18 million counts under his name that ends up being a huge cap number for 2018 at Keith Arizona 7, any plans to insult other members of the Brady household? I, I don't get it, Keith. We didn't do it. We just passed along the story. Keith, get your facts straight. At Jeremy McDowell 4, why are you so jealous of PA on the mic? That's Paul Allen. I'm not jealous of PA on the mic. I'm not jealous of him at all. He's jealous of me. At Gar the Christ, wax tweezers or laser hair removal, what is PA on the mic's secret to keeping his brow a duo? I'm not sure what he does. My guess is tweezers. I'd say he tweezers it. I'm also starting to think he dyes it because now that that beard's coming in between the beard and the hair, the only dark hair on his body that I can see is his eyebrows. At Faisal Morale, why does your voice sound different on the radio-only side compared to the TV and radio side? I have no idea. I have no idea. I'll ask stats, but thank you for asking. At Spin5150, now that the Major League Baseball folks have forced Cleveland's hand on their logo. What's the shelf life with the NFL in Washington? That's a good question. We talked about that earlier. Will the NFL at some point move? You know, given the current political climate, I doubt that it happens anytime soon. I don't know what's going to force, if anything, Washington to do it. I think Daniel Snyder will continue to, to resist, and I think that makes him even more popular among his fan base. And there's nothing the league 
can do to force him to change it. But at some point in the next 50 years, I think it will change, whether it's Daniel Snyder or whether it is another owner of the team. I just believe that as more and more time goes by, the nature, the offensive nature of that name becomes more and more glaring. And at some point, they're just going to have to. They're going to have to change. They're just going to have to. It's just the way it is. Charles Krauthammer had the best explanation of this, and he is a conservative columnist. Basically, the explanation was shit happens. Words become unacceptable. Words that were once acceptable now become unacceptable through the passage of time, through just the evolution of society, and that word, no longer acceptable. So that's that. And until it's changed, the NFL has to be comfortable, and apparently it is, with the fact that there is a team name that falls within the mind where reasonable minds can differ, falls within the range where reasonable minds can differ on whether or not a name is is offensive. And I think can differ on whether or not it's offensive. Although some of the reasonable minds who think it's not offensive get very unreasonable in their defense and refuse to see that anyone could believe that there's anything about the the term that is even remotely offensive. All right, let's see what else we have here. I think I refreshed and screwed this up because now they've all restacked on me. Oh, great. Uh, at and I, this is one of those handles I can't make out. I'm just going to say Chappie Johnson. Is Kirk Cousins overrated? Should the Jets sign him? I, I don't know about Kirk Cousins. Look, the guy hasn't won a playoff game. He, he hasn't been to the playoffs the last two years. And I know it's not just a quarterback-driven dynamic, but I, I want a true franchise quarterback. If I'm going to spend market value, if I'm going to spend $27, $28 million a year, I want franchise quarterback, and I don't know that Cousins is franchise quarterback. At Crawdad806, why do you always announce Chris Sims is going to be on the show like it's a good thing? You know, I'll take that under advisement. Maybe we should should stop mentioning it. Maybe that'll get more people to to listen to the program. At Terry Gensler14, does the Rooney Rule apply to the interview process for assistant coaches? It does not. There has been, from time to time, an argument made that it should, especially for coordinators, especially offensive coordinators, because that seems to be the one of the prime pipelines to becoming a head coach, but it's never moved to that point. At Darren Mova, is this your first time at the Mall of America? If so, what are your thoughts on it? I was here yesterday, so technically it's not my first, but yesterday, I mean, it's close enough. It's all part of the same trip. Hadn't been here before. It's a mall, like any other mall, except it's gigantic. When you walk around, when you look around, it's a mall. But then there's an atrium with a Ferris wheel. There's a Ferris wheel in the mall. There's a roller coaster in the mall. But other than that, it's just a mall. It's a three-floor mall that is huge and goes on forever. And I'm just glad they dropped me off at the door closest to where our set is. Otherwise, I'd get more exercise than I care to get in the mornings when we arrive at the set. But it's great being here. This is a neat idea, whoever came up with it, to do it here. Usually it's in a convention center. I like the idea that we're in a completely different spot. All right, scrolling through some of the ones I've already answered because I accidentally refreshed the page, which was a mistake. Here we go, at the Impact 99. If you were the owner of a neat, if Let me try that again. At the Impact 99, if you were a new owner of a team, would you rather have Bill Belichick or Nick Saban as your head coach? I'd want Bill Belichick because Saban has shown no inclination to return to the NFL. So it would take a lot of money. It would take a team that is otherwise stacked. And if that team's otherwise stacked, then give me Belichick. Belichick's proven. I would need to have a quarterback that is on the very short list of the best in the league to get Saban. So you give me that quarterback and I'll win more games with Belichick. So give me Belichick. At Fittis and Kane, about your betting on the Pro Bowl segment, keep in mind people actually bet on preseason games. That's true. They do. I, and 
I think that if you're going to bet on preseason games, you have even more of a problem than if you bet on the Pro Bowl. Who is the closest media personality you could hit with a spitball from where you're sitting? Where I'm sitting now, let me see. I see uh, John Clayton about 30 feet away. I could probably hit him with a spitball. He's the closest to my left. To my right, Ross Tucker was floating around here. I don't see him now. I'd like to hit him with something stronger than a spitball, though. I see Tony Bruno over there. I'm in the middle of the scrum right now. I like having our own set. It just kind of gets us away from from the, the hustle and the bustle and the ambient noise. And it just, I get to a point where I don't want to, again, let's make it all about me. I, I get to a point where I get claustrophobic and I just got to get out of here. And I'm almost at that point, so I better wrap it up. At 10K beers, will it matter to anyone if Tom Brady gets another ring? Can he ever untarnish his dirty reputation? Really? I mean, what, what, how many more Super Bowls does he have to win beyond the point at which there is any hint of any evidence of any cheating, right? And I still believe the evidence is inconclusive as it relates to air coming out of the football. Spygate was a different animal altogether. I, I, don't, I just don't think it's an issue. At the Impact 99, thoughts on how your Penguins will do in the second half of the season? Hint, as usual, they started slow only to pick it up for a killer run in January. I haven't paid attention to the Penguins this year. We've had Penguins games on in the barn while watching football this year. But I, I'll worry about them when the playoffs arrive. I, I've got free agency. I've got the draft. And right about the time the playoffs start, that's when the draft happens. And hopefully they'll still be alive after the draft. And I can go all in and jump on the bandwagon and act like I've been there all along and enjoy the championship as if I've been, you know, supporting the team from start to finish. At Faisal Morale, what if Jimmy Graham went to Miami? That gives Ryan Tannehill a pass-catching tight end. He has Julius Thomas. I'd stick with Julius Thomas. At Bust the Driver 69, is Chris Sims more pale in person than he is on TV? He can't get any more pale in person than he is on TV, so it's the same. At Irish D08, can the Patriots handle the pass rush of the Eagles? The key is up the middle. What are they going to do when it comes to stopping Fletcher Cox, and will he collapse the pocket and keep Tom Brady from stepping up and sliding around and doing what he does to get away from pressure? At the Impact 99, what's the most unlikely factor about this Super Bowl that could actually be a factor? Well, special teams. Right? That's always the thing that we don't look at, but a block punt, a fake. Remember the Super Bowl 44 onside kick at the start of the third quarter? The Saints recovered, and, and they scored a touchdown. And even though the Colts took the lead, there was something about that play and the ensuing touchdown that caused everyone to view the Saints differently and to believe that the Saints can actually win the game because that was a game everyone thought the Colts were going to win. At Black 88 Elite, what job does NBC have you doing at the Super Bowl this year? I'll be on the pregame show, both with a news report and doing some quasi-hosting stuff with Rodney Harrison in one of the locker rooms, either AFC or NFC locker room, and also immediately after the game, after the game coverage on NBC, Liam McHugh, Chris Sims, and I will be doing a show from the on-field desk at the field at U.S. Bank Stadium. So looking forward to that. Plus, working all week on PFT Live and PFT PM, which I enjoy doing. At Black 88 Elite, can you get an interview with Pat Shermer? He seems like he's going to have the team turned around. We're going to try to. Here's the thing. I, the Giants have a bit of an attitude, and they fall into the Packers category. They're not as bad as the Packers, but if you don't keep your lips applied to a certain area of the anatomy, it becomes harder to get access. And that's fine. And I'm sure admitting that probably doesn't make it any better. But, you know, I've interviewed Dave Gettleman in the past. He's been, quote-unquote, unavailable when we've asked for him so far the last three weeks, although he's done other media. And he's talked multiple times to the team's official website. Same thing with Shermer. We're going to try. And, uh, you know, we, we'll see if we can get him. But we'll keep trying. If they, if they say no, they say no. At Black 88 Elite, how many people have recognized you in Minnesota this far? I mean, as far as I know, I mean, a handful. 
I, what happens is I see people look at me like they know me, but they don't know whether to say anything. So, but that's fine. I hope I'm approachable. I, I, I look, I understand that, you know, people come out and they see you and they see you on TV and they hear you and they, they want to say something to you. I'm not going to snub them. I'm going to be nice and polite unless and until they try to hit me with a sock full of pennies. At Black 88 Elite, what's your favorite thing about Minnesota so far this week? Well, we had a great dinner last night at Mancini's Char House in St. Paul. I highly recommend it. Tell them Bobby V sent you if you go because uh, Bobby V is in tight with ownership and Bobby V is a field producer at NBC and Johnny Mancina took great care of us last night. We're actually going back there Friday night, so I encourage going to Mancini's Char House in St. Paul. That's been the best thing so far about the week. At Black 88 Elite, if someone spoke about stats on fire during an interview like Tom Brady's daughter was talked about, would you end the interview and hang up on them? Hell no. I would, uh, I would applaud them for speaking about stats on fire that way. I speak about him that way. At Jeff for Life 56, do you find it a bit amusing that seniors apparently get a kick out of you tormenting at Stats on Fire? I absolutely do, as does Stats on Fire, because he responded, Hey, Stats, stay, out of my, stay off of my timeline. I'm trying to answer questions here. At Jet for Life 56, has Scott McLuhan's grievance with Washington been settled, and how does that work? Who makes the final decision? Well, the commissioner or his designee makes the final decision. He's designated an arbitrator who's handling the case. It got very quiet, which causes me to believe that it was uh, the subject of a gag order where both sides were told to shut up about it. So I think everyone has shut up. I think the grievance is still proceeding, and we'll get an answer at some point. But the problem is... When the commissioner works for the teams and the commissioner has the exclusive power to adjudicate these grievances that come up between teams and team employees, the reality is it's hard to get true justice if you're a person who has a claim against the team. All right. On that point, I probably should call it a day. It's been a long day. Been here. I know. Poor me. Been here since 5 a.m. local time. It's now closing in on 3 p.m. local time. That's a long day. Going to go back to the hotel room, take a little nap, post some stories at profootballtalk.com, and otherwise recharge for Tuesday. We've got some great live guests and also interviews that we will tape after PFT Live. Let me just give you a quick quick idea of who you will see and hear tomorrow, and some of this will make its way to the PFT PM podcast. We have... Scott Zolak from the Patriots Radio Network, who will be joining us live during PFT Live. We have Orlando Pace, the Rams Hall of Famer. We have Paul Allen, not Paul Allen, Peter King. Peter King, not Paul Allen. Peter King, who will not be sporting an Artie Lang beard, I hope. He'll join us live tomorrow. And then we will tape with Kirk Cousins, Stephon Diggs, and Alex Smith. So there's a pretty good chance that one, two, or all three of those interviews will make their way into the PFTPM podcast come Tuesday afternoon. So tune in for that. Subscribe if you haven't already to PFTPM and PFT Live. Rate the podcast, review the podcast, do all those things that, that help us gain some attention and ultimately make some money or more money. There's nothing wrong with trying to make money, right? It's a capitalist country the last time I checked. I'm trying to get paid, but I'm also having a good time. I would do all of this for free. No, I wouldn't. Yeah, I'd do some of it for free. Not all of it, though. So anyway, thank you for patronizing our content. And come out to the Mall of America and check us out. Enjoy your day, and we will see you again and talk to you again back here on Tuesday. 
can find the PFTPM podcast on Art19, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and Google Play. If you like what you hear, and you will, subscribe for automatic downloads. Leave a rating and review. That'll help new listeners find our show and push us up the charts. Search PFTPM for your evening update from Pro Football Talk. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.